everyone, welcome back again to another what? An exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. And uh, today on the Iconist Podcast, the icon is AEW Wrestling. But I just can't talk wrestling by myself because, um, you know, uh, I'd, be, I'd be like just wrong, right? So one, you know me, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D Carter. The links are down below. You can find me at Barry3D.com. Like usual, on my side, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> DJ, the one and only, my cousin. DJ Rod C. Yes, yes. we're here. We're here. Let's do it. We're going to do it. But today, we can't even do this episode alone. We had to bring in some extra guests to help out with this episode. So, one, I got two great comedians for you. But first up, Chris Jarvie. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. This is fun. I finally get to do a podcast about something I know. (laughs) And we thank you for being on. And Chris, I mean, met him on the comedy circuit. And Chris is funny as hell and hardcore into AEW and all other types of wrestling. But last but not least, another good friend of mine met him on the comedy circuit, did some shows with him, and we can chat to to the moon comes up and sun come up, whatever. My man, Paul Ganu. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. Sure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Paul, did I pronounce your last name right? I always feel like I'm mispronouncing it. Say it again. Say it Gnu? again. Gnu? Gnu. 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 All right. Yeah. That's on me. We okay. all know this podcast. No I'm bad with names. Man. Paul Gnu. It's not like you grew up in Montreal or anything. Ben <laughs> Lula. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think I should get a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I need my Putin. I need my Putin to re-energize. <laughs> <laughs> are they really that much better in Montreal though let's be honest yes <sighs> yeah. yes yeah. I've had Montreal yeah. and I've had here yeah. and the cheese yeah. and the gravy yes. it's the, the gravy cheese and the gravy dish. yeah the cheese itself but you know that's a whole other podcast we'll set that up for next week uh, we'll talk about curds curds and ways like crazy <laughs> make me homesick that in potholes <laughs> okay. so we're gonna get into it so I said we're talking AEW wrestling what we all like to watch it we all enjoy it and then we're just going to throw it out there and talk about some people. So here, here's my two-second synopsis on AEW. Love it. Loved it from day one. Jumped on board. Been with it. They had their ups and downs. And one of the guys who really stood out, you know, and he seemed to come from left field. And some of them grew on me, and I didn't know. And I'll start off. Uh, the man who's right now the hot topic, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. To me, he's like reincarnation of Roddy Roddy Piper. Right, and because of the fact that he doesn't break kayfabe, he stays in it on screen, off screen. He's really old school mentality of how far he's willing to go with keeping this character going and his persona. Um, and and it's almost blurred lines of you don't know if it's true or not. A lot of the stuff he's doing, or I mean, if it's work or so forth. So let me let me start off with you, Chris. What, what do you think of uh, MJF there? Uh oh, did we lose him? I think, I think we might have for half a second. Oh, he froze. <laughs> What's what happens with these comedians and cars? Uh, if if uh, we're going on a five star rating, he's a six. I think he could sing. <laughs> Am I good now? Am I? Yeah, back? you're good. You're good. Okay. I'm good now. All right. Uh, if if you're going on a rating of uh, five stars, I give him a six. I I think he'll single handedly potentially save the entire industry. I watched him back in the MLW days. And watching the character progress, and I when AEW started, and he was their their guy that they signed, that everyone kind of thought like, uh, he's getting too much of a push off the top, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, yeah, he's he's gonna go to the moon. The only question is, um, 
how close to the line is he going to get? Right. When he was in MLW and, and different smaller groups, he could push the line and it was fine. Now he's on a major network. He's got Discovery behind him. There's a lot of people that can tell him, you know, we live in cancel culture. I'm, right. It's it's almost inevitable. But I think he's also the one person that could also talk his way out of the cancel culture. Yeah. Like if he encouraged it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because he pushes those flames like really, really hard. And then, he, you know, at one point he thought he was going to be like an anti-hero. And then he kind of mm-hmm. went to the audience and gave him like double middle fingers. And he was like, ah, I got you. <laughs> I'm still a villain. Yep. I, I was at I was at AEW in Buffalo, and uh, he came out, and I've never heard an ovation like that. Right. They, they lost it for, for him. They loved him, and, and he was the heel. He was the bad guy, and they loved him. It was wild. He could I, – I single-handedly think he's going to save pro wrestling. Wow, okay. That's saying a lot. All right. I want to come back to that. So, Paul, what's your, your, your thoughts on uh, MJF? I mean, the six, the six out of five is, is kind of where I'm at too. I, nice. I, hope, I think that it's, and it's, it's beyond just, uh, the kayfabe thing. There's like the passion that he has, you right. know, like, yes, he has the commitment to kayfabe and in a time where, you know, internet's around and spoilers ruin everything. Um, he's managed to like do some things that, you know, nobody's managed to do and, you know, a lot of years. And uh, I think the passion when he speaks and the way he blurs the lines and talks about real things, it's so hard to really separate the truth from, you know, the kayfabe, the lies or whatever. Right. I, uh, I actually, it's funny because I have like, uh, I'll try to sum this up really quickly, but um, during a show at Battle Arts, um, just before AEW started doing, this was, I think, after the, the first all, all out or the oh, one right. that they did before they were AEW, right? All yeah. in. Just before, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, just before they got their dynamite TV deal, a bunch of the AEW guys came to Battle Arts, SCU, MJF, and I had no idea who they were at this point. And when mm-hmm. he came out, I just decided to boo him because of the Burberry scarf. Strictly off of that. I was like, <laughs> oh, this guy looks like a douchebag. Look at that scarf. And then he literally walked up to me and like smacked my hands. And that honestly was the moment I fell in love with him. I don't think yeah. anybody, I think he's Roddy Piper on like steroids, you know? Yeah. And like right. I, metaphorically, you would hope that it's not, you know, uh, it's, you know, not real steroids, but uh, True. he's just, mm-hmm. he's everything that's good about wrestling and so many things that uh, wrestling's been lacking for a long time. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that statement. I like the fact that how he commits to the character, how he commits to his storylines, there, there's for sure. I mean, he said there's a blurred line. We don't know if it's real or not. I know he kind of now, it came out that he's kind of, he took some time off, maybe even more away because he was working on a movie. He was working on a biopic about the Von Erics. He's playing one of the Von Erics uh, along with, uh, what's his name, their high school musical guy. Uh, uh, he'll come to me in a minute. Ah, uh, ah, uh, he's a pretty boy. Huh? Zach Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yeah, because Zach Efron's in that movie playing one of the Von Erics along with you know. So I'm curious to see which brother he's be playing in that movie in that biopic. But when I said he comes out, I mean I love this whole storyline when he 
came, you know, at first I wasn't really a fan of him, and I'll be honest because I didn't know enough about him, and then I kind of backtracked, and I even saw him doing like a, a little security role in WWE, you know, when he yeah. was walking someone down to the ring, and I think Samoa it was Joe. Oh, pushed Samoa him. Joe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, this is, oh, Samoa Joe, thank you, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, like to show you he's been there that long, but his whole storyline when it was the inner circle, and he was coming in there and being that snake with Wardlow, during the inner circle. And I think how him and Jericho worked that whole storyline. And then he b- got the birth of the pinnacle. And it was like, ha, ah, I was in on it. I was a double cross you the whole time. I'm like, it was a long laid plan that nobody that you saw coming, but you didn't know how big it was going to be. And uh, that got me all in there. And then when he had that whole um, speech, I think it was CM Punk saying there's four pillars here in AEW and you're not one of them. I was like, hmm? I don't know. About that. <laughs> Fire. That that was it. I, I'd put him as a pillar before I put Jungle Boy. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I, I just think people uh, just got caught up with a song with Jungle Boy, but I think for sure he's a pillar. But I, I still think that was part of the work by saying that you're not a pillar. Many people went, wait a minute, and got them kind of on board with uh, MJF. And then he just ran whoops, he just ran through the whole thing with it. And look where he's at now. My only thing is, like, I mean, I remember there was a match with Roddy Piper going down to the States in, in a heavy Mexican, you know, I think it was uh, San Antonio, Texas, whatever. And he, he's in a stadium, and there was, like, a lot of Latinos that were there. And he came out saying, I want to sing your theme song. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Mexican theme song. Okay, cool. And they're all cheering for him, and they start singing La Cucaracha. They were throwing chairs, metal chairs at him. That's the level I think he's going to go to. But on the other side, I'm curious about his wrestling ability. And and that's I haven't lately seen him go really deep on a wrestling match. Maybe that's me, maybe I'm wrong. You he's, guys He's had that. some good matches, but he's he's also being really smart. He's not having a match every week. No. He's, yeah, his he's matches not, are good. Yeah. They're they're not they're not, you know, they're not going to be your hardcore brawls. They're they're not going to be like an FTR match. No, but you're not no. going to be disappointed. See, no, I do think I think he is kind of a. You think he's wrestler. at FTR level? I think he's 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 younger. He doesn't have the experience, and the experience does a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I think like, you know, his style is is kind of like you know parallel to FTR. I just think you know the experience helps a lot. Yeah. Where so. where he is now. And where he'll be in like five years, oh, right? If if he he's just at this level well. now, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying if he's at that level right now and he's what 22, right? Yeah. When right. he's when he's 27, holy cow! Like, like he's gonna be a hall of famer for sure. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, regardless of where yeah. he's gonna be at. Yeah. I just said, when I said like late, earlier matches, I thought he got a little bit more aggressive. These ones, I find him a little bit more tentative, so to speak. And, and I said, it's not a knock. I know he's got a movie coming out. So let's be real. He's got a movie coming out. He's got to protect his body. And he's looking for the long term. He's not going to be hobbling, you know, in 10 years on a cane saying, I can't walk like some of the wrestlers now, no. you know, and he doesn't need to get color every single time. And I appreciate that. Right. Go out there and wrestle a good match. Um, he, he sells it. I, I just look forward to a, a good, like a hardcore, like down and out brawl. That's what I want to see. He's got to at least do see one. More. Huh? I just, I just want to see him wrestle more. I don't want him to get along the lines of like, uh, you know, like Brock Lesnar, or just like yeah. the dudes that just wrestle like three, four times a year. 
Yeah. You know, because yeah. I do and, think he is good, but if you don't see that a lot, all you're gonna you're just gonna think he's a talker, you know? Exactly. And, and classic heel move though. He knows that the smart fans hate those guys. People hate Lesnar. They hate the fact that Roman's done three matches in a year. So if they hate that, that's what he'll do. And it makes it's it's such a heel move to even the smallest level. Like it's it's so smart. Yeah, it's smart on him. You know, okay, I'll I'll take that. So now I'm gonna go on another one and, and there's another team once again that I've grown to love and really get behind is the tag team, the acclaimed. Like the FTR came in and I was like, okay. When they came in, yeah, they came in at first, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about them. I want to know more about them. And then the acclaimed, and they were kind of coming up. And then, like, FDR is just, I'm like, okay, now I get why FDR is so damn good and so damn popular, and the heat they bring over to AEW. But then the acclaim for young guys once again just shot right up, and they could have had, like, some odds against them, you know? Um, when I say I'm not calling out sexuality to a certain degree, but... One of them is just openly says, hey, I'm openly gay. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Can you wrestle, though? And that's what yeah. I like. And to me, they are the, they're the New Age Outlaws, which is my favorite tag team out of everybody, no matter what. You know, Road Dog and Mr. Ass. New Age Outlaws 2.0. That's the way I see it. What's your thoughts? They, they grew a lot on me. Actually, it's funny. Both the, the teams that you mentioned – have grown on me significantly in the last year. And I, it was, it was rough with the acclaim because like, I think initially what I didn't like about them was the gimmick. Right. And that the raps I didn't think were great. And they were like, there was like one good rap out of every like five to 10 shows. And now they're, they're pretty on point. Every time you see them, they have, you know, their catchphrase. They brought uh, Billy Gunn in who's still, I mean, in all honesty, he's still got it, man. Like, he oh, can God, still yeah. do the in-ring work. I don't know why he doesn't. Maybe there's, like, you know, lingering injuries. I might be a little ignorant. But uh, mm. he's the in his late like, 50s. One of my favorite. Yeah, he is, dude. But he's still, like, in really good shape. And he's still, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, I follow Billy so, Gunn on his uh, Instagram. And I see when he goes to the gym. And holy crap. Like, he's <laughs> way more ripped and in shape now than he was in his prime in his WWE days with the New Age Outlaws, right? Sorry, Chris. So what do you think about a, um, sorry, the acclaimed? Uh, I don't want to mark out here, but I have been a fan since the first day they came out. I, I thought they're, they're not, at the beginning, they weren't as good in ring. Their, right. their actual matches didn't live up to the hype they were putting out when they made their entrances. I agree the raps at the beginning were not the best, but neither were Cena's when Cena started. And mm-hmm. where where they're where they're now, uh they, they can do no wrong. The the they could improve in the ring still a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really do remind me a lot of the New Age Outlaws, but at the same point, watch two New Age Outlaw matches back to back. They always had the exact same match it's true. It the same match all the time the acclaimed kind of do that they're kind of doing that now they're having the same matches just with different guys right but the second that theme song hits it's i'll put it this way the acclaimed are the only time that the second the theme song hits my fiance runs into the room to see what is going to happen 
She doesn't care about anything. <laughs> they're fun, else man. The show. They're fun, you know. At yeah, the end exactly. Of the day, they're they're yeah. fun to watch, regardless of what they're doing. Yeah, Absolutely. and you don't you don't have to be a wrestling fan to at least find them enjoyable. Like no. their raps, their raps are blowing up on TikTok and Instagram, and it's people who have never watched a match, probably didn't watch one of their matches, but those entrances, they're five stars. They're trending, right? Exactly. Um, and, and another wrestler, I'll call out this. Now we see, uh, Britt Baker. She's been, you know, there day one. And I have to say, like, I would say when they, they called her out as, you know, when say, CM Punk said she was one of the pillars, the four pillars, I would agree with that because her mic work has gotten a lot better. I know she used to lean on Tony Schiavone and have him there as a security blanket. And I'm not making this up. She even said that herself on an AEW podcast, right? When she was on, she's like, I always want Tony there, you know, cause I get nervous. So I'm, I'm, Hey, you own up to it, you're fine with it, but she's grown. And then she did that one match where she got color and it was blood. Was and it she the lights was out match? Yes. It was the lights out one? Yeah, that was a great match. That, you know, when you got Mankind, you, you got Mick Foley going, yeah, that was a hardcore match. And, and he's putting it up on her Twitter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That says a lot, like, when you got eyes looking at you. You know, Here, here's the way I would put that match. Uh-huh. More fans remember that match right. for being the hardcore crazy moment. And we're talking about a company that maybe a year earlier had the barbed wire bed. Yes. And and nobody talks about that. Eh, you know, Mox and, and Kenny, yeah, they went through a barbed wire bed off the top of the stage. Nobody talks about that. They talk about Britt Baker. That's how good that match was. I think it was good. I mean, I think, I mean, to me, it was good, but I don't think people expected, uh, you know, Brit to go there. Exactly. You know, she's got the pretty face. You, you're not going to think she's going to go and get color the way she got color. She had blood pooling down like it was the movie Christine. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I think, I think that's, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's what it was. It's the expectations. Like it, people are used to seeing the guys put each other through tables and, you know, hit them with bats and whatever it is, but like ladies. And I really love that about AEW, I think, or even just women's wrestling in general right now. They've really gone um, above and beyond being just like divas. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like legitimate wrestlers now. And they're really like taking the risks that the male wrestlers take. And I, uh, yeah, I think that match, was that with Thunder Rosa as well? That was Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, right? It was a tag match, was it not? No, it wasn't a tag match. It was a one-on-one. I think. Yeah, oh, right. oh, there was yeah. a rampage match. And it was a tag match, and it was Britt and I don't want to see Hater, and it was uh, that was a that was a bloody match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who she was fighting to tell you the truth. That's to show you how how she overshadowed everything in that match. Like. It, I think it was a cage. I know she's done cage matches. She's really gone up there. And I mean, right now, okay, yeah, she's kind of taking it more easy, but she's getting over the rest of the people she hangs with, and that's fine. We all know that, you know, uh, Sierra, uh, Sierra um, you know, Paige, you know, excuse me, Paige, she's over there right now. I, I don't know if she needs to be there, though, right? I, I, I've seen her get back in the ring. It's got the fanfare of people like, yeah, she's back. She's not back. She's back from her neck injury. And then I've seen her in the, in the ring a couple of times, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got too much ring rust. It's got it does nothing for me. When when she debuted, it was like, eh, cool. Eh. It was a neat debut, but like her promos haven't been great. Again, five years of rust. Yeah. But her promos were never that great to begin with. Like she 
Page in WWE never had great promos, and those were scripted. So, right. well, even that Page when she came into AEW, she made that one speech, and it's almost like she ran out of steam. You, as, as comedians, mm-hmm. you understand. You get up there and you start going, and you realize your jokes aren't landing, and then you start getting nervous, and it's like um um um, and you don't know what to do, and you almost look like you're running from the mic. And I think that's to me how it came across. I was like, yeah, she's back. She got the big pop, and then she opened her mouth, and it was like, oh. And, okay. and to be fair, Brits had those moments too. She Brits has. had those, but I, I'm just happy they've stopped doing post-match interviews with wrestlers who just have one minute match, and then they shove a mic in their mouth and here say some of what to say or how to say, and yeah. Right. So, okay. So now I'm going to get around to other people. So, uh, and I, and just this week alone, I mean, uh, past Wednesday, you guys have taken, you watch AEW past Wednesday, right? Yeah. I haven't. Oh, I you haven't? haven't? I'm behind. I've been it was so a good busy. episode. I'm moving. I had to, I've been packing and stuff. Oh, snap. Okay. I'm a so, sinner. Or it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for you, Paul. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for you. Chris Jericho, right? What are your feelings on Chris Jericho first overall before I kind of do this little spoiler here for you, Paul? He's top five wrestlers of all time greatest wrestlers of all time i think that he knows his place right now in wrestling and uh he, he he's doing a good job similar to, to billy gunn probably why he's not wrestling right now is because like he's just trying to focus on training and he's really i think jericho has done a great job in putting people over orange cassidy they're just i mean countless names right he's doing he's doing the business well okay and and your thoughts on chris jericho uh chris I have a Chris Jericho tattoo. I am all in. I think that kind of tells you where he's wrong. <laughs> I, I am all in. I I think he's the goat. I what what you're about to spoil for Paul that happened this week. I yeah. think proves he's the goat. Like he he literally just raised Ramon one two three to kid like hundred yeah. percent. He went out there doing a match now. For the past, and Rod, just to give you a couple of ideas. Chris, Chris Jericho, he's a little bit older, right? He's right. been around like forever, and right. for the longest time, well, the longest time for the past good few weeks, he's had the Ring of Honor uh, heavyweight title belt, and every week he's been wrestling full out matches, defending this belt, like week after, and he doesn't have to. He he's in a position where he doesn't have to, but he did it. And then just this Wednesday, uh, past Wednesday, well, I say past Wednesday, we're, we're now, you know, we're recording this on December 19th. So, you know, the past Wednesday, he turned around and was wrestling a jobber, so to speak. And the jobber won. He put this guy over. Who was first it? Is, exactly. Yeah. No idea. No, no idea who this guy. But this guy came in. They said, okay, here he is. Started the match, and you think it's gonna be a wrestle, a normal, okay, Chris Jericho, and he even hypes it up at the beginning, saying, "Yeah, you know what? I finally lost the Ring of Honor belt, you know, to Claudio. I'm pissed off. I just want to have a match. I would abuse a jobber. I don't care who it is, whoever's gonna be on my the other side of it. I feel sorry for them." So you're like, "Okay, he's gonna go in there and just beat someone up," and I expected him to grab the mic, turn around, and start talking about who he wants to, like a big name he was gonna, you know, tackle next, kind of thing, right? Yeah. No, he got in there. And it was a back and forth match. It started off the typical way. And then when Chris had him pinned, the guy picked up his shoulder. And you're like, on the two count. And then it started going back and forth, back and forth. To the point where it was a full out long match. You know, maybe about 10 minutes or so, if not even longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe like about 15 minute match. 
and then Chris Jericho lost. Like this jobber got the three count on him, not cheating, a legitimate three count, no legs on the rope and pinning him down when the ref's not looking, a legitimate three count, and then ran out the ring, and everyone just lost it because no one would think that Chris Jericho, a wrestler of his caliber, would let someone who nobody knows win a match. Mind blown. I gotta, I gotta check it out. I want to know who it is. Oh, the kid has like a horrible name. It's like Chevy Corvette or something. It's a horrible name. It's. I remember reading it. And I was like, "Ooh, you're gonna have to change that." Like, it'd be like it's if probably. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just say it'd be like if Stone Cold only went by Stone Cold. If like when he was introduced, they're like, "This is Stone Cold." It's a horrible name that like there's. <laughs> But kids, kids about to go to the moon. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, I imagine it's like a smaller piece of a bigger puzzle. I don't think there's anyone wrestling like Jericho has longevity and storytelling ability like nobody else in the business, um, and like long term storytelling too, like stuff that unfolds after like uh, you know, like year, two years, like things like that. So there's always like there's a reason that this happened, you know? Oh, yeah. Sure. There, there's a reason. But for me as a fan, I have no idea what this reason is. If it would have been like Sammy Guevara right? or someone else or a name you knew or someone coming from another promotion, you're like, okay, I can see this, right? But out of nowhere, it's like, everyone's like, who the hell was this guy? <laughs> he's like, I freaking what? Yeah. Yeah, it's just some kid from the factory. Like, <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. We can yeah. touch base on this uh, another time. I'm curious to see what it will be this Wednesday coming up for the storyline, to tell you the truth. I have no idea. I I hope they don't waste it. That's that's know. my only fear. Tony, yeah, Tony Khan can waste some stuff. That yeah. but Jericho's smart. Jericho needs a losing streak. That would make be him amazing. lose like 10 matches in a row, you know, and have him get stressed <laughs> out. I don't know what... What could he do? <laughs> well, that's that's, a, like he's there's almost nothing he hasn't done at this point, you know. Yeah. That's a, maybe that's the thing. Being, being the, the the hardcore yeah. fan of of him that I was, after the match they went backstage and he was trashing his the backstage area in the locker room and that, and he was doing the exact same thing he did in the late '90s in WCW when he went on that losing streak and he kept throwing temper tantrums. Right. And he'd like smash the chair against the ring apron and stuff like that. He was doing the exact same thing. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's just, you know, an homage to mm-hmm. to what he did before. No, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's smart though. Yeah. All right. So now we've covered some of these guys that we we, we kind of got into, and now what about some of the ones that you know we hope more from now? I'll throw out a name there. For me, I I didn't like him at first, but he got me on board 100%, and I want more from him, Eddie Kingston. And and he started to go a certain way, and then it just kind of, he kind of, he almost gets to the peak, and then it fizzles. And he gets to the peak, and it fizzles. And I don't know if it's backstage politics that are holding him back. Is it his character? Is I don't know uh, enough. But he seems so authentic to me that you really hope for the guy to hit it there. And I know there's issues with Santana and Ortiz going on. You know, one wants to wrestle and, and the other one says, no, we're not using us, leave the company. And he's kind of in the middle of that too. So wh- what are your guys' thoughts of, uh, you know, uh, 
Eddie Kingston. And, I, you know, and it's not going to be people, I'm not ignoring Rod. Rod Rod's into oh. wrestling, but not oh. hardcore like how we into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will admit, that's why I'm not saying mental note. Ooh. Nice. I know yeah, about Chris. Yeah. I know about Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. MFG. I'm like, who, who's he? I got Roddy. I'll, I'll put this. I'll just put this in real quickly. Uh-huh. Once you said now he is basically embodying the power oh, of Rowdy. Hot Rod. Okay. Now, now, yeah. Hot Rod. This is, this is what I. This, this is where the connection I had with this man. Hot Rod, Rowdy Powder. Hercules, Hercules. So I'm, I'm waiting to now get some more information. Trust me, I'm gonna be after watching. Uh, See what the uh, Mr. M what he brings to the table and how many people he's going to take down on, on his on his climb to the yes. top. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, I'll start off with you. Eddie Kingston, what's your thoughts, man? What what do you, what do you think he should be doing, or what is he not doing, or do you want him to do more, or you, you want him to leave? I was a big fan when he came in. I, I was happy to see him get the opportunity he got because I know how much he loves it. But uh, the last, I'm going to say, once they went out of Florida and they started actually going back to the way they were recording and doing shows. He's done nothing for me. I, I don't find his matches entertaining. I know, I know he cares and he wants it to be good. And that's, that's the part I want him to do good. Cause I know he, he's like us. He's a fan. He right. loves it, but I, I'm seeing nothing. And I don't, I don't get excited. Cause Eddie Kingston's going to have a match. If anything, that's, that's a popcorn break for me. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah, I, I get it though. I get it, <laughs> and that's what hurts because like, because he's got it. And I, I when they were when they were down in in Jacksonville and they were doing those matches every week, and he was cutting those heartfelt promos. Honestly, if anything, I think he got a contract in. Like he doesn't have the hard life he did, and it's it's not the True. same. It's true because I remember there was a, a clip there. A guy like he was really down and out, and a guy bought, uh, I guess, like his some of his wrestling gear, and the guy it was met Tony up with Khan. him. Pardon me. It was Tony Khan. Tony Khan bought a bunch of his boots. Right, but it was one guy on the street that had like one of his his pants, and the, and, and it was even a, a video. And the guy find, found Eddie Kingston. And he's like, "Hey, man, when you're going through tough times, I bought you know uh, your pants or your boots, whatever case it be." And he goes, "I've had them for years. Here you go." And Eddie's like, hey, man, how much you want from me? He goes, no, no, I don't want no money. I just wanted, I'm just happy to meet you face to face. And this was not even a stadium. This is on the street. He goes, mm. I was just happy to meet you face to face. I was glad I was able to help out. Here's your gear back. By all rights, you should have it. And gave it back to him. Even though he paid to get it, he gave it back mm-hmm. to Eddie free of charge. And Eddie was so touched by that. So this is moments like that that I want him to shine, right? And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so- He's a great storyteller. I just, in ring, I just... I don't know. That, yeah, he's got to get a hook in somewhere. And Paul, what, what's your take on Eddie Kingston? Man, <laughs> I love Eddie Kingston. I'm going to be honest. Right. I think he's my dude. I First of all, one of the best entrance musics right now. Like, shit gets me hyped. Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot. It's all good, man. Uh, you can see I'm just, just thinking oh, about we, it. We, we said the child, the child went to the bathroom. Don't worry about it. You're just, you're just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't... I don't really know why he hasn't been given a push i think a lot of the times in these situations it's like it's it's almost like who's willing to fight more for a spot Mm, especially when you have you know a finite amount of like tv time and i just think that like he he and he he, you know he may be his happiness like kind of like what chris was uh you know getting to like might be 
you know, his downfall because it might not be pushing. He might be just been in a nice place and it might not be pushing himself. But I, I, I think he has like grit and like passion that almost, mm-hmm. and I mean, the promos, this guy, he, like he's got to be in the conversation for like best promos of all time. Like I've seen him cut promos on like a cookie, like people just hand him stuff on like, you know, uh, being the elite, the elite show on YouTube. They'll just like hand him things and be like, yo, Eddie, cut a promo on this. He's right. like, on, like, I mean, he's just really good on his toes. I think that he's got a good fundamental skill set, but maybe he hasn't been paired with the right people. And that might be backstage drama. I know the Sammy Guevara thing. Who knows? Right. But uh, I think if he was given the opportunity, he would rise to the occasion for sure. Okay. So on that, and, and keep that, I'm going to stay with you there for half a second, Paul. If you, if you were booking a match, okay, and you said, I want to make a storytelling scenario with Eddie Kingston. Who would be the person you want Eddie Kingston to go with on the on the current roster right now? Who would you think that would give Eddie Kingston a good run for his money and that he can build a story with right now? MJF, I think, mm-hmm. and like I don't necessarily think that. I think it could be a very they're very similar, right? Except like Eddie's more over that. Well, that's argued. Argument, yeah, you know, right. but uh, right now I would say Eddie's a face and MJF still a heel. Right. Um, they both have insanely good mic skills. And I think, yes. I think, you know, somewhere down the road for, for Eddie to take, oh, man, I really do like Eddie. I'm not I like, I don't think he's yeah. technically the best, but it's like, I can't remember who we were talking about the acclaim. We were saying he's yes. fun. Like there's something just no matter what Eddie's doing, I'm engaged, do you know? And yeah. I, I think that's that's really important. And, all right, and the same thing. Uh, I would, yeah, put him against MJF for sure. MJF, all right. And what about you, Chris? If you had Samoa to put Joe. in a match. Who? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Because it, it would be so – both of them have such a hard hitting. That match would be put the kids to bed graphic. It would be so harsh. And <laughs> – I don't think there's anybody in the company, if I'm giving props to, to Eddie, mm-hmm. he can get sympathy out of people. And if you have a guy like Samoa Joe trying to, you know, murder him in the ring, <laughs> oh, I I think that's going to be it. right. That's exactly it. And not only that, but you know, not one punch is being pulled. Like, <laughs> there, there should be an ambulance waiting at the end of that. But, or if we could uh, go, if we could go out of brand, I would say I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> I would say I would say Walter, oh, Walter and Eddie Kingston, Ooh. book that right now. That's oh, a dream match. Okay, again, it's gonna be not a single punch thrown. Somebody's gonna have a chest collapse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Rod, they, they got a term they call they call wrestling stiff, meaning that they hit you like hard. They don't pull their punches or hit right. So. Right. These are two guys that wrestle stiff. Like when they hit you, they hit you. They hit through you. They hit That's, through you. Yeah. Like, like, like when boxing, you see through you, right. the guy in the back row going, oh, because the guy gives him a, 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 a chop, you know, a chest chop kind of thing. And you hear that slap all the way yeah. in the back. Yeah. He ain't pulling back. When you see the wrestler, like, oh, you're like, and you see the red handprint on there. That, that, that's wrestling stiff. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them like say, hit me again. Hit me again. Oh, man. Okay. So I know we're getting close to time, but I'll, I'll throw in a couple of names here. So one. And I just want to think, you know, from your guys' opinion, uh, hit or miss, and and I'll have my opinions on this one. 
the Blackpool Combat Club as a whole, do you think this is a hit or a miss right now? Miss. I miss. think they're all better individually. Right. And what's what's your thoughts there, Chris, on the Blackpool Combat Club? I agree 100%. You have so much talent. and Right. I, I think this fraction was formed. I was excited for it. But it's not really – it started off, but it's not really going anywhere. Yeah, and right? Regal's gone now, right? Yes, so. yeah. But even at the end, before Regal left, it's like I, I wanted a more negate storyline. Like, for example, my one of my favorite stables in AEW was uh, the Inner Circle, right? The Jericho Appreciation Society is cool, but the Inner Circle to me, when they were heels and baby faces, I enjoyed them. I mm-hmm. thought that was a hit. And then when the pinnacle started – I thought it was a hit, but they didn't do anything, once again, with the pinnacle, in my opinion. But they still mention them in odd conversations. I would love it if Sean Spears came back to help MJF. I would love that. Any opportunity to get Sean Spears on TV, I am all for. Right. Yeah, oh. yeah he's great. The chairman, you know, and he was yeah. off for a while, and he made his appearance here when we all went to see him here in uh, Toronto uh, when the AEW came down for the first time. He did show up. On, on, you know, uh, on the matches near the end of the night, which was great. So, okay, so that's the whole thing with the Pinnacle. Um, Blackpool Combat Club. Who who else did I think, you know, sent, you know, uh, uh, Ortiz and uh, Santana and Ortiz? Uh, you know, are you thinking that's a hit or a miss right now in the tag team world? Uh, I'll, I'll honestly say right now, I think they're one of the best tag teams, but I guess personally, they're not doing too great. I, I love them in Impact. Right. Back when they were in Impact in like 2015-ish and they were they're the new LAX. And, yes. and they were st- they were still young, but holy cow, were they good. And now, now they were so talented. I, I I'm disappointed that they're not sticking around because I would I would watch I would rather watch a best of seven between FTR and uh Santana Ortiz than yes. this best of seven they're doing right now. And I'm enjoying the one they're doing right now with the elite, but I, I think they're they're so good together, right? And, and what's your point on uh, what's your view on that there, Paul? Um, I I love them together. I right. think they they just it feels weird when you see Ortiz uh, wrestling with Eddie or something like that. I think that I, I understand where Santana's coming from, and I understand where Ortiz is coming from. I hope yes. eventually they can work out their differences. Um. But I, I like them, man. I think they're great. I, I really wish, I think, you know, at this point, they should have already had a title run. But, Agreed. You know, things happen. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. I think they should have had more of a title run more than Swerve and Keith Lee. And, you know, oh, and that's yeah, really... like that made zero sense to me. Hmm? Yeah. And I don't even know why they're yeah, a tag team. Like, okay, Keith, I got you. You needed a job. You were let go from WWE. You jumped over to AEW. And, you know, when I see Keith Lee coming over, I'm like, okay, you're a big man. You can move. Why are you in a tag team and not doing a matches against, you know, uh, uh, Lance and Ward, Wardlow and, you know, why you're not in that three-way, four-way match, you know, powerhouse Hobbs, why you're not there? That, to me, is where, you know, those and, four and should why, do something. Why are they not doing something with Swerve? Oh, Swerve could be one of the most talented guys in that company. I don't know. He just hasn't connected with me, though. Swerve, no? he hasn't connected with me. You know, I I had more connection with um, and they let him go. Uh, he was really swift. Uh, is it uh, Lilo Swift or uh, oh yeah, Leo Leo Rush, Leo, Leo Rush, Rush. Thank you, you. Leo Rush. Yeah, yeah. 
I was I was more into him, but I can see where what his hindrance was. He was too fast. He never slowed down. I mean, his name is Rush, so he's gonna run into matches. Be you know. But at one time, you gotta pace yourself, and and he didn't pace himself every time he he put the foot on a mat. I'm done. Yeah. He's he's really skilled, but I don't think his heart is in it. He also does like he's a rapper. He has like, yeah. His head has uh, he has his hands in a bunch of other things. So mm-hmm. it's all good. But he's really really skilled wrestler. Oh, skilled. I just think that sometimes if he slowed down a little bit during certain matches with certain opponents, I think he would have been further. But maybe his heart. You're you're right. His heart's not into it. Right. So here's my last question for you guys. Where would you like, you know, who would you like to see in the next six months kind of thing really start to shine in AEW that hasn't got their their moment yet? That's going to take me a second. No problem. (laughs) See, I'll say this. I became a fan of this guy because I didn't know about him because I wasn't watching uh, New Japan as much. But when they, you know, and I think that was smart. When AEW did their crossover and they brought over, uh, uh, was it Will Ospreay? And the, oh and, yeah, he's and so United hard. Empire, one of the best in the world. I I I've never seen him before, right? To me, this was a gateway. And when I saw him, I was like, I need to follow this man on uh, on Instagram, which I did. And then I'm seeing his matches, and I'm catching up on his past stuff, and I'm thinking, holy crap! Why is he not signed to anything on U.S. you know North American soil? I liked it when he came over. I want him to come over more. So. My hope is, even though he's not officially AEW, I would still like to see more matches in the next six months, year of him coming over with, you know, United Empire and putting the, 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 the you know, putting it to a fraction. Give me a fraction. I don't care who you bring back, and let them go at it. You know, the you know, let that be a best of seven. That that's something I would be interested to see. You know, I'm not interested in seeing Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks doing best of seven. I think that's a waste. <laughs> I, I, if I could book any match, I, I would love to see Dante Martin versus uh, Ray Phoenix. If I could book any match in that company, it would be that. Like that boy gets some height. <laughs> yeah, Ray Phoenix is one of the best doing it right now. I Every time so. I see him wrestle, he does some stuff that I have never seen before. Every time, is yeah, uh, so good. I would, I would love to see Penta get a singles you know, world title push. Maybe not the belt, but be in like good guy Penta versus bad guy MJF. It you you can do that all day. I would Absolutely. love to see that. And what would yourself, Paul, who would you like to see next six months or so would you like to see really shine that really hasn't come up yet? Or okay, or, or like maybe they have six, and they and they and they need to come back. Six months ago I would have said MJF. Right. Um but now that he's, you know, at his rightful place, I honestly, I'm going to go with women's division and I'm going to say Abaddon. I think Abaddon is like, ah, there's so, like, again, like can't take my eyes off her when she's in the ring, you know? Right. And I just think like with, with all this Jade stuff, you know, yeah. with her being like, uh, like something, it's not going to be muscle to beat Jade. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. And I would love to see Abaddon's been been killing it. She's been really consistent and she's getting a lot better. Her character is top notch. And uh, I just she's been putting in the work. She's like an AEW original. I think Mm. that instead of looking to newer people that they just signed, I think they should start paying a little more attention to the people that laid the foundation. Thank you. For AEW. So I would love to see Abaddon get some shine. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I like that. That that works because I find, and I'll leave this on the last note, is that I loved AEW a couple of years back, and I still do, and I watch it, right? But I think they've brought in too many outside people that the originals are getting lost. I mean, even right now, like yeah. we're running out of time. We got to do this another time, but we got to, I want to talk about Hangman Adam Page. I mean, you know, once again, that's a guy that when he came out and he went, Omega were tag team, and then he went solo. I was like all for him 100%. Unfortunately, got that injury with him and Moxley. I want him to go and, and get at it again. So uh, th- that's, you know, there's so much more to cover. I hope you guys would love to have you guys back again. Absolutely. 100%. We will definitely do this. But on that note, fellas, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Iconist Podcast. As I said the Iconist Podcast. The icon is AEW Wrestling. That's all we're talking about. I'm your host, Barry3D. Along always, my man, my co-host. Rod C. He's still here. Right on. I'm still here. I'm still here, people. Still here. Take your notes. Take your notes. With take my notes. buddy Chris Jarvie. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram. Chris Chris likes to laugh. Chris likes to laugh on Instagram. That's beautiful. I love it. Looking forward to seeing you face-to-face again. And, of course, Paul Gno. Huh? Huh? <laughs> you got it. You got where, it. Uh, where can yeah. people find you, Paul? Honestly, it's my name. Uh, Facebook, Paul Gno. Instagram, Paul Gno. YouTube, Paul Gno. Check me out anywhere. Absolutely. And oh, we can't forget Pillow Talk with Paul Gano. Pillow Talk. Yes, definitely check that out. Check the episode I did with Barry. That was a really fun time. <laughs> From wrestling to fatherhood to comedy. Love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As I always say, this whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. We're out. And you the three count. Oh, the chance. What a beautiful.